Radio Show. We talk about slobber knocking fights. Ground and pound. Rear naked chokes. Plug your ears if you don't want to hear it. It's coming up next, another brand new episode of Sucker Radio. This is MMA fight music producer Mikey Ruckus, and you are listening to another edition of Sucker Radio with your host, Jeremy Brand. Be sure to catch all your mixed martial arts news and interviews and updates at www.mmasucker.com. I can't believe Here we go, folks. Another episode of Sucker Radio for your listening pleasure right here on mmasucker.com as well as lastwordonsports.com. I'm your host, as always, Jeremy Brand. And I've got one guest for you, and this one is going to be a doozy. His name is Tate Fletcher. He is the man behind Caveman Coffee with Keith Jardine. He's a former Ultimate Fighter vet. He's an actor. He's been in things like Jurassic World, John Wick, Breaking Frickin' Bad, and A Million Ways to Die in the West, not to mention many, many other shows. This interview is grand. It is huge. It is awesome. You're going to want to listen to it. But before we get into that... This week, unfortunately, Chris Weidman had to pull out of his bout due to a neck injury. And stepping in for him is our good buddy, man from Sucker Radio past, Michael the Count Bisping. He is stepping in for a rematch against Luke Rockhold, this time for the UFC middleweight championship. So we'd just like to wish him the best of luck. UFC 199 goes down June 4th live on pay-per-view. That is about it. So right now, we'll get into my interview with Tate Fletcher. This guy is a former Ultimate Fighter alumni. He is an actor. He runs Caveman Coffee. He is basically a jack of all freaking trades, and uh, it looks like he's a bit of a pirate as well. Please welcome Tate Fletcher to Sucker Radio. Tate, thanks for joining me today, man. Yeah, thanks a lot for having me, man. It was great to meet you, and uh, I'm glad we had this opportunity. Well, yeah, that that's why I sort of presented it. I, I wanted to chat with you when I when I met you up here in Vancouver. We saw each other at Ellis Mania 12, Jason Ellis's show up here in Vancouver. Dave Boyce from RDS helped him put it on, and, and you were in the crowd with your buddy Keith Jardine, and uh, Jody Escabel was there as well. And I mean, it was a really cool night. For someone who has been... At multiple Ellis Manias, how would you say this one played out? Man, I I, I just think it's such a it's such a uh, hoot every time, and I love the inspiration that you know Jason creates an event where every every man can participate, and to have something like that to where you open it to the to the public, to your fans, to people that are like, well, I wonder what that would be like, and and, and really, you know, a lot of people after we get out of school or sport of whatever it is, uh, kind of stop trying a little bit. And there's not a, a, a competition or a goal per se. A lot of people are just kind of mailing it in at whatever job they have or whatever. And I think it's a beautiful thing what Jason does because it, you know, especially like the biggest loser fight, for instance, which to just educate the fans a little bit and update them was, you know, a couple of fellows that, um, they, they had a contest to see who could lose the most weight and the guys that lost the most weight earned their self the spot to compete with each other. And they had a, a boxing exhibition and, and just all of that to prepare for life in that way and to, and to learn to set goals and go, Oh, and later in life I can still get jazzed about these things. And I, I thought it was just beautiful. I, I really liked the camaraderie just like I liked about fighting. 
the camaraderie and the fidelity of the people, um, the way they come together and they're looking out for each other. And Jason really looked out for the, the well-being and the care of the fighters. And it was really, it was a, it was a beautiful thing. I think the coolest thing that, that I saw was when you were sitting down behind some of the fighters' corners and, and you were giving them advice. I mean, for these guys that are out there that are just having, you know, an amateur or an exhibition match inside the ring, it's not amateur at all. It's more so an exhibition thing because it's, you know, not promoted the way an amateur bout would be promoted. Um, but you're sitting there in their corner. It, it's got to be super cool and sort of an awe for people to hear a former professional fighter giving them the advice as a corner man would. Uh, maybe so. It's like, I just, uh, you know, when you see people perform and, and out there trying and, and you just want everybody to do their best, it's not even really being on one guy's side or the other guy's side. It's just like, you know, it's like, it's like when I, I see guys perform anymore, no matter at what level, I'm not necessarily cheering for one guy to win more than the other. What my biggest hope is, is that both guys are healthy and that both guys are to express the best of their physicality and their game plan that they're able to do on that day. And, um, and, and that's satisfaction in an event, you know, uh, and you see that on different and on variant levels, you know, and you can see it in, in those kinds of shows, or you can see it if you watch like Condit versus Lawler, you know? Um, and, and, and that's, that's always my hope, you know, uh, that nobody's horribly damaged and that people get to express what, what they've been wanting to. Cause you work so hard in the gym. You work so hard for what you want to do. You kind of piece together what you want to see. You're visualizing it in your mind. And then to not have it come together is a, uh, is a real bummer. That's the travesty. If you lose and you put it all together very well and you're happy with your performance, well, fuck right on, you know, that's <laughs> great. And so I, I, that's always what my hope is. And, uh, to me, it's no little event. You know, a guy's going out there for their first time to go and do uh, a few two-minute rounds. Man, that that's as big as anything. That's it's you know, it's kind of like when you're at the gym. I don't know if you you go and work out at a gym ever, but like I was deadlifting next to this girl the other day, and and um, and she was lifting I don't know a couple hundred pounds, and and um, and it was a huge deadlift for her. It was the biggest she'd ever done. And her knees are shaking and she's struggling and she's gritting her teeth and, and she finally gets it up and locks her hips out. And the whole, the whole gym, I mean, is crowded around her and cheering her on. We're nice. We're as excited about her success as she is. And she, and, and then she right away, she does what we all do as humans. We kind of denigrate ourselves and she goes, Oh, well that's nothing compared to what you can do or what, whatever. Something yeah, like that. Yeah. And I go, you know, that's missing the point because the whole point is everybody's got their limit and, and, and what people fall in love with, what they like to see. And I think the thing that Ellis put together and, and uh, you know, what you see is big in, in, in a lot of group settings and gyms, whether they're CrossFit gyms or, or different places where you see athletes come together, uh, jiu-jitsu tournaments, you see it also. It doesn't matter if it's a white belt or a black belt. What we appreciate is the struggle, man. We appreciate seeing people break through their souls to enlarge their souls and their hearts into a bigger incantation of what that can be for tomorrow so that they're not the same that they were yesterday and you're seeing a growth and evolution of the very soul. And I think when we struggle like that and we break through those boundaries, that's what we do with ourselves. How did you uh, get in contact with Jason Ellis? How did that sort of friendship come about? And, and had you ever competed yourself in Ellis Mania? No, I never have. Um, I think we were supposed to. Keith ended up being there, and I was on a job at one of the last ones in Vegas. Um, but 
Uh, how did I get to know Jason? I, I guess he was a fan of Keith's, I guess. And then we'd had friends that just tangent friends. I, I don't know, like, um, maybe it was through Keith. I, I'm not really certain. But the I, friendship has lasted, I, I guess. On, on I mean, radio show at one time. Maybe it was through the guys that on it. Maybe it was through Aubrey on it. Yeah. Because uh, uh, they were, you know, I'm not, I'm not really sure. And then, uh, like a few years, maybe who? It's 2009, I guess, is when I first heard Ellis's name, um, as some uh, crazy skateboarder from Australia. And my friend Mike Vallely, that was a, uh, he's a real OG skater, like real bad dude. Um, and we were on Red Dawn together. We were working on that movie, the remake. And uh, he said, "Oh man, I'm going to go fight Ellis at uh, this thing." And I think they'd had something scheduled to do. And uh, I don't know that it ever happened, but that was the first time I'd ever known about who Jason was. And then been on the show a few times and whatnot. And great dude, man. I, I just really love his energy and I love um, what he really tries to promote. You know, he's, he's, uh, he just really tries to push goodness out there. Seems like that's what you're doing as well. I mean, you've got your hand in, in many hats at this point. Uh, you know, you got the stuntman work, the acting stuff. You got Caveman Coffee. From your social media, it looks like you've got, you know, the CrossFit gyms and, and whatnot. Um, I'm not sure what this latest thing I saw on Instagram. You've got clubs as well? Yeah, for about three years, we started a club called Concrete Cowboy in Dallas. Um, that had done really well. And then we opened another one the next year in Austin. And then we just opened one in Houston. And so we have three concrete cowboys. And then we have uh, one clutch is open, is operating in Dallas. And we have one opening in Houston across the street from concrete, which is more of like a, a, a food and, and drink type of place, like really good locally sourced um, organic healthy meals. And then, uh, and then we have clubs next door. Nice, and, and that... we might be doing a, no. a a coffee shop too out there. I'm not sure, but it's kind of like uh, it's not really thought through, or like <laughs> it's not it's not something that was like contrived. Like this is it's like well, this is what we're having fun doing. Let's do this, and and that's kind of been what um, I've made the focus of my life is that I I don't I don't want to be a businessman. Mm-hmm. I wanted to have a movement. You know, when we started Caveman Coffee, it was about nutrition. It's about you know the the whole idea of pirate life. Uh, you know, everybody wants to send uh, me pictures of, of ships and parrots, but like the deal is, is pirate your life back is like, we are in Canada also, which is kind of like a, a shadow of the U S in a lot of ways, in a lot of the uh, negative ways, unfortunately, um, where you have corporate domination going over. I just, uh, I just left a place in Hollywood a few minutes ago. That was, it was one of my friends has this great massage shop there, Burt Williams. And, they're, they're moving out, and I go, oh, God, why are you moving out? What's going on? Oh, CVS is coming in. And we're, we're really subjugated by corporate domination in all these forums. I mean, Manhattan used to be a beautiful place with all these little bodegas and stuff all through. But eventually those leases come up, and those people can't afford to be there, and then 7-Eleven moves in. And then you have yeah. a, a corporate homogenized kind of um, cancer that's grown throughout your country. And we have, we have that here with our food. You know, most food travels on a Cisco truck somewhere. And the choices become more and more limited and the corporate manufacturers become more and more greedy and they all want to turn a a profit margin that's higher and higher every year, regardless of the consequences. And so if they're just within the binds of the law by selling poison to you as nutrition, they will. And when you see it with high fructose corn syrup or you see it with 
um, all kinds of corn manufacturing and, and the way that we subsidize that, those kinds of products will poison animals and keep them sick and poisoned to feed them to our populace. And then our populace is for sure becoming poisoned now. If you look at obesity rates and, and uh, diabetes, and, and there is no fucking coincidence between the fact that uh, the poorest people are the fattest people. The people that have the least amount of income are the people that are really suffering from obesity and type 2 diabetes more than almost anybody else. And why is it that those foods are subsidized in a way that makes them the cheapest that then enhances, uh, enhances the damage throughout the country? And then that's all sanctioned by the FDA, which yeah. is supposed to be our watchdog, which is most certainly not. And so, like, that was the whole idea between, like, uh, pirate, this Pirate Life movement and, and, and Caveman Coffee and all these different things was when we came out with this, we're like, let's talk about empowerment. Let's talk about engagement. And, and it wasn't to start a business. It was more to start a movement about, about getting people thinking about themselves and about their food and about their choices because your votes for president, maybe that's a really cute thing to do, but it's kind of like, as Rogan says, uh, you know, rooting for a pro wrestler. It might make you feel better on one end or the other, but it sure doesn't make that much of a difference. Like it's all that every corporation has got a check for the guy. It's not like it's, that it's a two-party deal. It's not any of that shit. There's plenty of money out there. And the way that we're set up is to be structurally uh, submissive under corporations. No kidding. It ta- Yeah, it takes a lot of work to find the food that you want to get. I mean, it it it's not every corner has has great, you know, locally sourced you food. It, it's not, just, it's you, not you like McDonald's. <laughs> exactly. You know, it, you know, it, it just takes thought. And what you're trained to do more and more is to be thought is to be thoughtless and to have people take care of you. And, um, you know, my thing is, is the government's not going to save you. It's going to hurt you probably. And you better learn to take care of yourself and you better open your fucking eyes and become aware. Yeah, and I, I listening to Rogan and Brendan Schaub and actually Kyle Kingsbury on, on Joe's show, I actually got into the ketogenic movement, and I noticed that on your, your Instagram and stuff like that, you post a lot of ketogenic stuff as well. Has has health and fitness, obviously fitness has been something you've been involved in for a long time, but has health always been something that you've been looking at or, or has it been just the past like 10, 15 years kind of thing since you started MMA that, that the health kit kicked in? Yeah, it's only been since then. I mean, I was, uh, you know, I, I have a huge long drug and alcohol abuse history that, you know, culminated always in jails or institutions for me. And so, uh, at the point when I had a turning point in my life, I, um, you know, the, the choice becomes because you edge, right? You edge around it. Like uh, you're like, oh, I'm eating kind of good or you're like, I'm kind of. And so there's no standard to that. So the minute I go, you know what? I can't just pinch a little bit. I can't just uh, do a little bit of dope. I can, like I always I always go to the extreme with it. And if I can't do it, then I can't do it at all. I'm not I'm not doing it. So I have to find a life that's satisfying outside of that. And if the one life is death, I need to look, start looking towards what life looks like. And when I started doing that, yeah, I, I looked at it holistically. And so for about the last 20 years, I've been looking at life in a different kind of way and, and looking towards health. And, um, and it's been a growing conversation. I'm certainly nowhere near done yet. And uh, there, there's a ton to know. But um, that's why I keep the conversation going. And I only fuck with people that are looking towards that kind of higher standard as well. Because at the end of the day, if you're not in the conversation, the conversation doesn't belong to you anymore. You know what I mean? It's yeah. Like you can have huge spiritual upheavals in your life, but if you don't have a spiritual practice daily, 
that that conversation doesn't belong to you anymore. It's just something that happened to you in the past. And so I try to keep the people around me that are um, kind of vibrating at a higher uh, elevation so that I too could maybe aspire to that because water seeks its own level, you know? Well said, man. Well said. Now, do you, do you completely follow ketogenic lifestyle or you, you dabble in and out kind of thing or? Um, it's been about four years, I guess. And wow. I've, I've, uh, you know, I mean, I kind of was, yeah, but like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I started doing that when I started doing butter coffee and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I started just looking, it was, uh, maybe the fourth or fifth really strict diet plan that I tried. And, um, since then it's the one that's made the most sense for me. Nice. But yeah, I go, I go in and out too. And I, I, I fuck with doing refeeds, uh, once every eight days and, doing stuff like that um when you say refeeds uh, what do you mean by that like adding carbs to your like high potato fries okay yeah uh, stuff like that because otherwise uh you you know you you run the danger after you're uh in ketosis like in deep ketosis for a few months it's easy to not eat and it's easy like there's all these things but the stressors on your body it's easy to get into uh heightened cortisol levels and and that's the only thing that i've really seen detrimental that that you need to watch for and i guess now that you know since everybody's talking about it it's become in vogue lately uh there's all these nerds that have all these supplements that are out there like uh you know keto os or whatever to try to you know like you know it's it's kind of like the six minute abs of diets right In, in a way where it becomes like how do i do nothing and get a great result and and uh and so there's, there's and and the, there's a lot of those supplements that help right but i think a lot of it is is uh a thing where you've got to really educate people because the the danger is of course oh go ahead and i'll eat the cheesecake and i'll just take some of this and it'll counteract it and i'll stay ketogenic well not really and you can't really cheat the system that way that's not really the way it goes but there's also another supplement that heard out there and i don't know anything about it to speak on it or even name it um which will uh encourage you to keep uh, stabilized cortisol levels, which sounds like it'd be really helpful. Cause like I said, that's the only thing that I, um, suffered from ever. And that was after about six months. And what happens is you just get a little bit, you get your, you stay sluggish kind of is what happens. You go from this heightened state of productivity to where it's just like, oh, I'm just kind of tired all the time and I, I'm not recovering like I was. And, and that all just had to do with my cortisol levels, which Did- I just checked easy and then I adjusted. Was that blood work that, that checked that out or was that like the uh, glucometer? You can, or? A, a saliva, you can do a saliva test for that. Okay. Do you, any, any Cairo, yeah. anybody should have that test. Yeah. Do you use a glucometer or do you just use like the keto sticks or? I do not. I do not just, I mean, I've used the keto sticks before I heard the varying results, but like, um, I know what I put in my mouth, right? Yeah. And so you, it's like it's like it's like all those things are like like I said, there's a lot of uh, nerdific stuff about it anymore. But it's like if you know what you eat, you know whether you are or you're not anyway, and you know you can gauge it by your cravings because you know if you're strict and ketogenic, then you don't have any cravings. There's not that, that thing doesn't exist, and so you, you know I, I mean I, I know my body I guess well enough to know that i guess it'd be neat to like if you wanted to track it or something that might be a, a fun thing to do but um I, I just never found the need for it bit of a fad i guess <laughs> i mean I, I suppose i mean when the fads happen and it rolls through for everybody everybody wants to be involved right but it's a not it's not a bad fad to be in well that's the thing is everybody talks about cults and this and that and all the best shit that i've been in has been cults right i mean what what are cults like a, a strict standard of adhering to something 
uh, that's outside of the norm to get a certain result. And like fucking, so jujitsu is a cult, yeah. weightlifting because like all these things are, it's just like, you know, pick it consciously. Did you find your, your strength is still there? I mean, you, mm. you're a bit of a giant, uh, <laughs> I stand, standing, <laughs> standing next to you. You're, uh, quite the behemoth compared to me. Um, had, was your, did your strength decrease at all since you started the ketogenic stuff or has, oh, did no, it? No, 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 uh, no, much stronger. Nice. That's yeah. awesome, man. Uh, I want to talk about yeah, your only good benefits. Yeah, so, seems uh, like. Go it. ahead. I want to talk about your acting. I mean, looking okay. down your IMDb page, you've been in some serious roles: Jurassic World, Sicario, John Wick, The Equalizer, friggin' Breaking Bad. Now, was acting yeah, something yeah. you always wanted to get into? Yeah, man. I'd always been kind of a little performer, I guess, and. Uh, but it was always one of those things where it just didn't seem possible. You know, it didn't seem like something that you'd be able to do. And so I, I never really pursued it, you know. And, um, you know, my, my thing was I was always dodging the law and I was always kind of just like hoping I was going to get by check to check, you know. Um, it wasn't like a, a life of like success and like, oh, I choose this. And, and it, was, it, was, it, it was more of a fear-based life for a long time. And so, uh, yeah, man, it's been it's – been, uh, been fantastic it's been great is there any one role that you sort of hold on to more dearly than others i always tell everybody they ask what what my favorite thing was that i'd done and and i would say um i had this little tiny role that was just for one episode of the show on disney called jesse and uh the greatest thing about it is the little kids man that fucking I, i'd meet a friend of mine that i hadn't seen in a long time here they have a six-year-old or eight-year-old and then I'm saying hello and we're catching up and the little kid is just staring at me <laughs> and uh and I and I look over I'm like hey and and they're like okay go ahead and ask him and then the little kid lights up and they're like were you in Jesse and you know you tell them yeah and they're just fucking ecstatic and so they have that kind of adoration from children is a magical goddamn thing and uh and and just the happiness that stuff brings them is just like it's tremendous yeah, my daughter actually uh, watches that show, which is pretty cool. No, my daughter watches that show. Oh, really? Cool. Yeah. Yeah, me and uh, Tunawai. Tunawai is the Rock's double. Okay. Uh, we both had parts in there as, as uh, like, evil archaeologists that went and chased the kids around the jungle and stuff like that. <laughs> um, so anyway, yeah, that, but... Uh, you know, that it's, it's all just, it's all a real privilege to be able to do, man. For me, I'm just like happy when they, when the phone rings and I'm able to go to the party kind of deal, you know, uh, it's like, uh, it's like a magical life, you know, and, and I didn't really contrive it or, or design it in any kind of way. Uh, things came up and then I go, okay, this is a possibility. And then I, I, I had a desire and then I started working towards that thing more and more and, it's just like it, my for me. It's I just took MMA discipline and ethics, and and I put it to that, and I go, okay, I'm gonna work hard. Here's how I'm gonna work, and here's how I'm gonna structure myself, and here's where I'm gonna position myself. I mean, you got to pick the right gym to go to, and you got to pick the right uh, training partners, and you've got to, you know, you got to be resilient enough to get told no when you've exposed your heart and you're uh, really fucking putting yourself out there, and to get crushed a thousand times. And you've got to be willing to do it all without the hope that you'll ever get a positive result. No and kidding. If you're relentless in that end, things happen, man, and stuff shifts. And uh, 
and anyway, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm in that position and, and, you know, and that's what I work at all the time. That's probably the thing I work hardest at is, is acting and, um, and being a better performer. And I, and it's just kind of the same as for, for me, it's a real similar thing to like MMA in that way. Um, you know, whoever hires me, I want to be able to do right by them. And I want to be able to go, you know, you've got the right person and, and, uh, I want to be able to do a solid job for them and make them feel as if they're happy that they didn't look at anybody else and that they hired Tate Fletcher to do the job. I love the drive, man. I love the drive. Now, finally, before I let you go here, I'm going to let you go. But I noticed when you walked into LS Mania, you were carrying a coffee cup. Um, I heard Rogan, and uh, on his latest episode, he had Brendan Schaub, or a few episodes ago, he had Brendan Schaub and Brian Callen on. They were talking about how Keith Jardine is like an absolute connoisseur of the coffee. He talks about different things inside it. He can taste different stuff. Now, I know you're probably the same because you guys run Caveman Coffee together, but you were drinking a Waves coffee. Now, when you go from town to town, you're not drinking the Caveman coffee, obviously. You're picking from places in the city. How does it go about, and how the hell does it compare to your own coffee? Well, it's it's fun to go and, uh, you know, try different things, and it's nice to have different people's expressions of... Uh, of of the culture you know and so you you see stuff and you learn stuff and and some stuff's great and some stuff's horrible and and um you know we like uh, it seems like keith and i spend a lot of time in coffee shops for sure <laughs> uh i was walking by i was in lax i was at like tom bradley or something and there's like that's like the international um part of the airport and so they have special they have different vendors in there right and there's this one coffee place and i think it was called clatch maybe they had like a fucking $40 cup of coffee. And I, and I called Keith and I was like, man, he goes, well, what's it taste like? I go, I, I'm just about to order it. Cause I got to know what a goddamn $40. I mean, call me a fool or whatever, but I got to know what that tastes like. And, and it's interesting. The education that we you know we put ourselves through is just out of a passion and a desire for that. And I, I think that's the biggest thing in life is everybody's looking for a payoff. Right. Um, you know, I, I, I've flown myself places where I didn't have any money so that I could meet the stunt coordinator uh, that was running the job and no hope and no expectation that I'm going to get a job from that guy. Never did. But like, that's where my heart is. And I don't begrudge him that like there's, I'm, 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 I own myself, man. I own all my, I'm accountable. I'm responsible. And there's no blaming anybody. There's no victim that ever succeeds. And I think that's the biggest goddamn message is that like, there's a lot of people that are like, yeah, yeah, well, if I get that cup of coffee, what's in it for me? Or it better be fucking, it better shoot unicorns out my ass or <laughs> whatever. And the the fact is, is like, how about you're going to have more of an experience with life and what you do with it is more than you, you more more than you could. Um, it's more on you than it is on the cup of coffee, per se, you know. Uh, and, and, and I guess I, I say that in the way of like, you know, I, I've really become an avid um, kind of seeker of, uh, of the flavor of life and all of that that it encompasses. And the more that I do that, the more useful I am to my community around me because I have more information and I've lived more experiences. And I'm trying not to say no to experiences because there's an obstacle. Um, I'm the guy that gets the job done. And, and, and I hear everybody else, I even have employees. What number one thing I fire employees for is telling me, I don't know if I can, that seems hard or something yeah. like like if I hear that too many times out of the same guy, I already know I'm, I'm just waiting for the place where I have to let that guy go because it's too much trouble. 
And so I want people that are going to eat up life and that are going to look at it, have discernment, take in the experience, think about the pros and cons, and look at how to course their life towards a better end. How can we have a better result for everybody? And if the thing is, I can't, or it's hard, yeah, life's fucking hard. Get a helmet. Fucking sorry about it. You know what I mean? It's like once we accept that it's difficult, we can go on and we can go, yeah, there's no obstacle too big. Let's figure out a way around this thing. And then it becomes a fun challenge because life should just be fun. Just because there's obstacles, that doesn't mean it's a negative thing. And everybody's such a pussy and everybody seeks comfort so much that they look to just, it's like they'd rather just live in their own shit that's just warm and squishy and like, hmm, it smells a little funny, but at least it's mine. And it's like, (laughs) it's such a garbage way most people live. Most people cleave to comfort. And you know what? Nothing grows out of comfort. Nothing except mold. It's horrible. And so the thing is, is stress is good for you. Stress is good in your life. If you didn't have stress, you would never build a good push-up. You've got to stress muscles in order to have them grow. You've got to stress yourself in order for your consciousness to grow. You've got to have deep frustration puzzling over problems so that you can get an awakening and a dawning of enlightenment. And if you don't ever have the frustration, there is no enlightenment that ever comes. You just live dull. And that's great, man, if you want to be, you know, the greeter at Walmart or something like that. And we need those guys and and thank God for them and whatever, whatever. But if you want to have a dynamic full life, you've got to go and you've got to take the hits, man. And you've got to live in the stress and you've got to suffer through it. And more than that, you have to fall in love with the suffering. And if you're not turned on by the suffering, man, good, stay on the sidelines. But fucking spectators sucked and there's no respect for them. That's just, that's, that's, uh, you know, I, I'm not, like I said, I, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm not for everybody, you know, in, in my ideology, but like for me to be a spectator is suicide. I, I would rather just not man, because what's the point if you're not going to chew off life in all this beautiful, magical ethos that we all are surrounded by, if you're not going to be a part of the maelstrom of the beauty of this fucking beautiful poetry that we live within. What is the goddamn point? Wow, you mortgage? Yeah, you know, stop it. Just stop. Well, Tate, you've you've definitely put a lot into my head here. Um, I just want you to, you know, it's been an absolute honor and a pleasure to have you on the show today. I just want you to let people know where they can find you and hear from you in the social media realm, where they can find Caveman Coffee, Pirate Life Podcast, all this other stuff. Just let them know the floor is yours right now, man. To to let them know where they can get a hold of you. Perfect, man. Uh, I'm on Snapchat at Tatumus Maximus. Uh, my name, Tate Fletcher, T-A-I-T-F-L-E-T-C-H-E-R is my Instagram and uh, Facebook and Twitter and all that. And uh, cavemancoffeeco.com. We just popped open in Australia, too. It's cavemancoffeeco.au. And my podcast is Pirate Life Podcast. You can find it on iTunes and Stitcher. And um, any of those things will lead you to the other things as well. Awesome, Tate, man. Thank you so much for joining me, man. I I really, really appreciate it. No worries, man. Thank you, man. Have a great day. You as well. And hey, and and thank. And I can't wait to get back to Vancouver. I goddamn love Canada. It is fucking tremendous up there. The beauty of that city. There's not enough days. <laughs> no kidding. Well, when you get back up here, we'll have to give you the real tour. Yeah, yeah. Let's get some food. I look forward to it, man. Sounds good, man. Take it easy. All right. Thanks a lot. Bye bye. He was Tate Fletcher, man. What an episode. What an interview. This guy, 
definitely puts a different perspective on things and, and different way of thinking about life, and I love it. So I really, really thank him for joining me on today's show. Thank you to you guys for listening. Thank you to my sponsors, ProAmBelts.com, uh, BCKimonos.ca, FloatHouse.ca, and FusionFightGear.com for all you guys do for MMA Sucker and Sucker Radio. Make sure you like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash MMA Follow us on Twitter at MMA You can follow myself on Twitter at JeremyBrand604. Make sure you check out my new podcast. It'll be on iTunes soon. It is on Stitcher right now, and you can check it out on SoundCloud. It's the Wonder Brand Show. My first guest was RDS owner and lead designer Dave the Voice Boy, so check that out when you get a chance. And with that, I'm out. It's the radio, it's the, it's the radio, sucker, sucker radio. It's the radio, it's the, it's the radio, sucker, sucker radio. It's the radio, it's the, it's the radio, sucker, sucker radio. Come and listen, it's about that time. Yes, download the show or you can stream online. It's the radio, it's the, it's the radio, sucker, sucker radio. It's the radio, it's the, it's the radio, sucker, sucker radio. It's the radio, it's the, it's the radio, sucker, sucker radio. Come and listen, it's about that time. Yes, download the show or you can stream online. Out.